you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. We are very just gracious for today because there's going to be so much learning within this podcast. Very, very excited. Um, you know, this gentleman that I'm about to announce, he is in his young 20s, started jumping into real estate, got a mentor at 21, uh, has done... 82 plus properties since the last four years, just in four years. Uh, the first 16 months didn't make a penny and just, you know, persistence and, and kept grinding through that whole process. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's raised over $13 million for his property. So uh, this guy has a ton of value to be able to give to you guys as the listeners, as well as um, just experience and, and things that you can implement and take action on right away. So we are definitely very, very thankful for, uh, Mr. Austin. What's going on, brother? How are you? What's up, man? What's up? I'm excited for you. (laughs) So you are over in uh, Columbus, Ohio, correct? Yep. The Midwest. That's what's up. So I invest over in Ohio as well, but, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, like exactly who you are, where you come from, uh, what you do, what you do exactly. Do you mind kind of just diving into it and giving a little rundown? Yeah. Um, I mean, real quick, uh, born and raised here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, was a basketball player back in my day. Uh, I thought I was, I was pretty good. <laughs> um, so after high school, I went to Arizona to play at a, like a prep school, junior college for a year. Uh, my life and everything I did was basketball. So kind of fell out of love with the game. I started reading a lot of books. Um, and you know, I just kept coming across real estate. So decided real estate was what I wanted to do. Um, came home from Phoenix, uh, started looking at houses, uh, bought my first, uh, passive income duplex on Ohio State's campus when I was 19. Um, and then kind of went stagnant for a couple years and then met my mentor when I was 21. Um, and he, he kind of taught me the business from that point forward. Uh, so you know, it was a struggle at first, uh, 16 months of the, the grind, literally didn't make a single penny. Um, and I mean, basically the business now, uh, it's, it's me, I got an assistant in the office, acquisitions manager, um, project manager, designer. Uh, we have about 17 projects ongoing right now. Um, we're buying five more here uh, on the 31st. Um, so business is booming now, um, but it was, it was a very slow start. Um, so rehabs and uh, new construction mostly um and then i have a, a small uh, rental portfolio as well okay very awesome so your very first property it happened to be a duplex at the age of 19 correct so what made you think of a duplex and and i mean coming right out of the gates into like adulthood like just jumping right into uh, a real estate investment and was it was it ideal for an actual real estate investment or were you just planning on living in it? 
Yeah, great questions. Um, so the, the when I started reading books, real estate kept coming up. And I don't know if this fact is true or not, but it was enough to get me on the boat. But it said 90% um, of all people who file a tax return with a million dollars or more have real estate in their portfolio. That's right. Well, that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, just started educating myself on real estate, you know, read every book I could, every uh, everything I can get educated in. I put together like a little income spreadsheet on uh, rental properties, like income and then your PITI, principal insurance, taxes, and uh, interest. Um, and my thought was if I buy a single family house, it goes vacant, you know, it, it's $0. But if I can buy a duplex or half of my income covers all my expenses, then ideally I'll never be in the red because I'll at least have half of it rented. That's right. Uh, so for me, I love the multifamilies for that reason. Um, so I was, I was looking for like, I don't know, six, 12 months for a house that that made sense where half of my income covered all my expenses. Um, and I did I finally got one. I think it was like, I don't know, $30,000, $40,000 is a down payment or something. Um, so all through high school, you know, I made Buckeye necklaces, sold them at Buckeye games, um, flipped candy at high school cut grass, shovel driveways. Um, I was blessed. My parents like forced me to save that money. They would never let me like buy anything big. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, bought the duplex and, and that was my first deal when I was, when I was 19. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, that definitely stands out. That's awesome to have uh, a good supporting family behind you that actually pushes you and encourages you to, to save up instead of, you know, blowing it like a lot of other people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so at the age of 21, you found a mentor that helped you kind of just realign some things and, and make it a, a lot more successful within the business. How did that look? Yeah. Um, so I bought the duplex. Uh, my realtor ended up making a boatload of money. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get my real estate license. Uh, <laughs> so I got my real estate license. Um, and then I was selling houses just to retail buyers, you know, driving them out, looking at a bunch of houses and I sold, I think, like two houses, made a little bit of money, but I was like, I, I, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so started reading again, you know, um, and flipping houses kept coming up. Uh, once you put that much money down on a rental property, you can't keep doing that until you have more money as a down payment. Um, so I was like, well, I got to make money faster. And, you know, flipping houses, you can make large, large lump sums of money. Yeah. Um, so I heard on the radio, uh, you know, come learn how to flip houses or something. So went to it, um, bought into like this uh, coaching mastermind program. Um, and then from that day for the next 16 months uh, is when I grinded literally every single day and, and didn't make any money whatsoever. Okay. So was the education, was that Fortune Builders? Yeah, it was. Okay. Very cool. Um, Okay, so how did you hear about Fortune Builders? Yeah, so it was just on the radio. I come to this free two-hour class, went to that. Then it was like, come to this three-day class for 200 bucks, went to that. And then it was like, pay this large <laughs> sum of money and uh, we'll teach you how to flip houses. So actually, I actually pulled out a credit card and maxed out my credit card. Um, I had 18 months, no interest. I paid it back in 16 months, so everything so, worked out. There you go, see? That's awesome. I actually use exactly that strategy for uh, investing in a lot of my projects or doing awesome. remodels. Um, credit cards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I've literally bought properties with credit cards um, with balance transfers. And I've also uh, 
I, I do a lot of my remodels with the balance transfer, so it works That's out. That's awesome. Yeah. Any, any way you can tap into money. Yeah, right. It's the cheapest money, plus it's all on me. So it's like, <laughs> if, if it doesn't work out, then I don't owe somebody else money. Uh, but <laughs> I'm confident in my own thing. So uh, if it if I don't get it paid off by the by the end of the promotional deal, then I'll just get another balance transfer and, and switch it around. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I've always had in my mind, at least. It's never come down to that, thankfully. But. <laughs> Uh, I've been blessed, but um, yeah, man, that that is uh, super tremendous. So, as far as the education goes, do you do you think do you regret any piece of it, or do you do you think that was like exactly what you needed at the right time to be able to get you to your next level? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't regret anything. I mean, it worked for me. I know I know a lot of people who did it without education. I know a lot of people who did it with education. Yeah. Um, wherever your motivation comes from, uh, it doesn't matter where it comes from as long as you have it. Uh, so for me, the motivation was I was in debt a lot, so I had to make the money back. Um, so it worked for me. Absolutely. Uh, kind of, kind of a funny story on it. So can I share like numbers of how much things costed or, or? Please. Yeah, no, please. Cool. So went to that three day thing, day two, they pitched their, uh, real estate program. I mean, it was $25,000 and this was shortly after I just, uh, bought my, uh, duplex and just spent all my money. So I basically had like a few thousand dollars to my name. So, uh, I jumped, like I said, I jumped online, uh, went to AmericanExpress.com, pulled out a credit card, may or may not have, uh, increased my income online. <laughs> so I got a $15,000 line of credit, <laughs> got a $15,000 line of credit. Um, but I was still like $10,000 short. So, you know, everybody has that moment in life, um, where you just know something's for you. Um, and you're going to do whatever it is to make it happen. So, I mean, I, I called my parents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, like everybody to try and get this money, that additional $10,000. And everyone was like, you know, it's a dream. It's too good to be true. And I was like, Bro, I need to make this happen. So, uh, I was still young. I was still living with my parents. And I lit that night, I literally, because I felt like everything was falling through the cracks and like that opportunity was falling through. I literally crawled under my dining room, my parents' dining room table and cried at like 2 a.m. in the morning just yeah. because I felt that strong. Like I knew this is what I had to do. Yeah. Um, again, blessed for my parents. Uh, they kind of came down, uh, offered up to front the rest of the money, yeah. uh, bought it to the program the next day. And the rest was history. But the big thing for that is like, once you like determine, like not just say like, I'm gonna do something, but really truly believe it deep in your heart. Yeah. Like, your mind will find ways to make that actually become a reality. So um, you just, you gotta do whatever it takes at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. I love how you just like worded that because it's very, I feel like it is so important and you can like manifest your future. So it really, it depends on how deeply and truly like painfully you believe in, in, you know, what's going on in your mind. So hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you. And that goes good or bad. So, you know, uh, you know, be careful with what, what you're, what you're, uh, you know, focusing on <laughs> Absolutely. or feeding your brain and, you know, telling yourself. So, um, I also really like how, how you mentioned about the education purpose, like, uh, people did it. Tons of people have done it without. Tons of people have done it with. And, you know, the motivation behind it was kind of that pain point as far as that big ticket item. 
uh, to be able to pay this off. Um, so I feel, I feel like that that's very, very important. There, there always needs to be when like going for a goal and, and setting that there always needs to be a pain point and a reward at the end of the day. The reward for you is obviously like, you know, getting successful in real estate or just making this thing happen. Absolutely. Free. And then the pain point behind it was, you know, you got a lot of money on the line. So, and you already reached out to all the family members. So now you got, uh, your dignity as well, which is, you know, important to put that up there as well. Absolutely. Had a lot of debt to myself, had a lot of debt on my family. I mean, uh, I'm not the type to let anybody down. I don't think most people out there are. So I mean, whatever, whatever it takes. That's right. I love it, man. I, re I really love your mindset and, uh, and you know, where, where you're going. This is pretty cool. So let's, let's dive into it. Let's, um, after that first deal, you know what, or I guess that, that whole 16 month period. So 16 months after you jumped into the course, right? The yeah. education, 16 months from there, you, you still, you didn't get a penny coming in. No. Okay. Not, not a single penny. I mean, it, it basically from day one for the next six, so I was a licensed realtor. So I had access to the MLS, all the houses and everything. So literally every single day for the next 16 months, I get online. Um, I started sending out my marketing direct mail basically like within the first month. So every, every penny I had, which wasn't much back then, um, went into direct marketing. Um, you know, I looked on the MLS every single day, drove to houses, wrote offers every single day. Um, you know, I, I promised my parents when I was younger, I'd get my college degree. Still don't have one, but. <laughs> You'll get it for them. <laughs> <laughs> right? so I was working seven to three as a valet um, every seven days a week. And then from about four to eight, I'd go to school. I was taking 15 credit hours. Um, so basically from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., I was doing things that didn't have anything to do with real estate. And then from about 9 p.m. to midnight, 1, 2 a.m., you know, I worked on my real estate business for 16 months that entire time. Mm. Um, so I mean, I was easily putting in 100 hours a week on various different things because uh, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and then finally, you know, 10 months in, uh, I got a call from a seller off of one of my marketing campaigns after they received the fifth letter I sent to them. Um, they called me, you know, we negotiated a purchase price. Um, over the next six months, uh, we renovated it, put it on the market and sold it. And then on the 16th month, uh, we finally sold the house and it was, it was profitable. So, uh, I mean, it was, it was a grind for, for the 16 months. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important. Like nothing, nothing good in life that's, that's like worth fighting for comes easy. So yeah. you know, putting, putting in that grind, that hard work and the persistence of like constantly just like grinding and grinding, like putting in all those hours. I think another thing to, to really focus on is <clears throat> just overall, I mean, overall, there was a lot of, daytime that you weren't actually focusing on real estate so mm -hmm. that that can that can be like some distractions i guess instead of like focusing on one thing at a time but Is at it? the end of the day it's like you have you have other responsibilities as far as making sure the bills are paid and um, and the education and everything else so uh so very cool so jumping into that first deal you know after you sold it what was the feeling that you got and what type of profits or what were the numbers um in that particular situation if you don't mind sharing 
No, absolutely, man. It was an unreal feeling. You know, everything you dream about, you see people doing, yeah. you work for the past 16 months, and it all comes to, to reality all at once. Um, so, I mean, a short rundown on the house. Uh, I think we bought it for like 72 or 74,000 or something like that. Okay. Um, and to date, it's my second largest construction I've ever done in my life. Um, it was a $170,000 or $180,000 construction budget. Um, I mean, it was, we put 25 grand into the foundation. We put a 600 square foot addition on the house. We built a two car garage. We gutted it out, reframed it, new electric plumbing, HVAC, drywall, windows, roof. I mean, everything you can think of in a house. Um, we did it on that one. So, you know, I was 21 years old, didn't, didn't know business, didn't know real estate, didn't know construction. Um, you know, I just leaned on, uh, people, professionals in those industries. Um, to, to take it through and you know through the education there's paperwork you use to make sure you're protected like with contractors and things like that um, so the education portion definitely helped that side of things um, but finally got through the project uh, listed it on the MLS uh, had eight offers above asking within eight hours of being on the MLS mm. um, that's so awesome and you know made made a hundred and three thousand dollars net take home after everybody was paid off um and then from that point forward it, it was it was history so moving forward after that i'm guessing you paid off the the expenses the parents and then the credit card and then you're you're left with the the real chunk of money and then it's like all right now what did you do with that money and um you know how did it take you to your next level yeah, uh, so most times when people get a nice chunk of change, they go out and buy some dumb things. Um, for me, I paid off all my debt, uh, parent debt, credit card debt, all that stuff. Um, paid everything off and literally didn't buy a single thing. I actually kept working valet and kept going to school until I bought my next property, which was two months later. Um, so, you know, I'm 21 years old, just made 100 grand, and I'm still working eight hours a day going to school for five hours a day and working on my real estate business for another five, six, seven, eight hours a day. Um, so, you know, use that money, dumped it back into marketing, uh, bought my second house, I think like two or three months uh, after that one. Okay. Uh, and then it just, it just dogpiled. So I mean, the first year that one, the second year, I think we did seven. Um, next year, I think it was like 20 something. And I don't even know how much we bought this year, 30, 40, 50 houses, something like that. Yeah. So, it's so, just, yeah, it just starts, it's a snowball effect at this point. It's just going downhill in a, in a positive way, which is awesome. Absolutely. So as far as um, getting all the finances to, to be able to pay for that, that you know, that first big deal, uh, how did you pull that off? Yeah, uh, so obviously you need money to flip houses. Um, so, you know, I, I put the house under contract to buy and still didn't have any private lenders or anything like that. Uh, so that's kind of how the whole raising private money thing started. You know, you need money to fund these deals. Um, so I, I literally just picked up the phone and just started calling everybody I knew. Um, everybody I met, uh, I got one fortune builders came. I went to all the, the real estate investor meetings. You know, I went to the fortune builder meetings. I mean, I, I went to literally everything, anything and everything you could think of um, just to get out there and meet uh, all the people. Yeah. Uh, so I picked up the phone and started calling everybody I knew. Um, you know, the, the numbers obviously made sense on the deal. There was a $100,000 margin on it. Um, so it's not really that risky. 
Um, and, you know, finally got a hold of a lady that still ends to me today um, that trusted me and, you know, funded the entire project for me. I love it. That's cool. So had it, so you were just networking with her and yep. is she a part of um, the, the education community as well? Yeah, she was. Um, so that's how I met her at one of those uh, events um, and just picked up the phone, explained the situation, the deal. And, you know, it was her first time lending, my first time borrowing. And, you know, we just had a mutual, mutual trust and, you know, everything worked out. Okay. Very cool. I love it. Okay. So um, after, after you get that chunk of money and you, you said you put it right back into marketing and, um, and you're still working, you're still working and grinding, same thing, because obviously what you were just doing that, that last uh, 16 months, it paid off. So you're going to keep doing that process and just take that money and start putting it back into marketing. Were you doubling down in, into the marketing and really stepping up because you had more funds to play with now? Or were you staying persistent on exactly the same, the same strategies that you were using? No, double down for sure. I mean, I was only spending like a couple hundred dollars a week in yeah. marketing back then because that's all I could afford. Um, so definitely doubled down, you know, started spending a couple thousand dollars a month in marketing. Um, got more leads coming in, which in turn got us more deals. Um, so, and now like our marketing budget is crazy right now, but it, it pays. I know marketing's not an expense in this business. It's an investment because 100% of the time, if you follow back on the you follow back up on the people that call you you're going to get a deal it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and the good thing in real estate you're not selling five dollar knickknacks you know you get a deal you're making five twenty fifty hundred thousand dollars which can pay for a lot of marketing <laughs> so do you mind me asking how much is uh your budget towards marketing currently yeah so i actually just sent a wire out this morning for eleven thousand dollars for yeah. one campaign for this month um so, I mean, that's just one thing. We still do direct mail and stuff on top of that. Um, so this will be, this is, I'm test running this. So we'll see if that $11,000 continues, but it's usually like four to $6,000 a month right now. Okay. Very awesome. Very excited to see the aftermath in the, in the next few months. That's awesome, man. For sure. So, um, so tell me about the, the, the leads, how you're really picking up these properties. I know direct mail marketing, uh, sounds to be kind of the, the main niche there, but is there anything else? And if not, you know, like is uh, the direct mail marketing, like how, how do you set that up? Yeah. Uh, so I've done direct mail all the way up till now, and we're going to continue doing direct mail for sure. Um, but for me, like I've mailed to literally every list you can think of and I bought a, and I bought a house from every list that I've mailed to. Um, yeah. I mean, divorce, foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, uh, probates, inherited, tax liens, absentees, vacants, um, high equities, all those things um, I mailed to and I bought houses from and made a lot of money from. Um, you know, probates is, a, is one of the stronger hitting lists. Um, and all those lists I just said are more niche lists. So the lists aren't thousands and thousands and thousands of names. Um, really the one where you get those big lists is like high equity and absentee. Um, so mailing to those just because you have a larger target um, has been very good to us as well. Um, so the more niche you can get and knowing that that information is accurate, so we pull it directly from the uh, county recorder site every week. 
Um, so it's hot off the press. We know it's accurate. We're pulling it ourselves um, and we're not buying it from a third party. So the faster you can get it and the more accurate you can get it, you know, the more deals you're going to get and, you know, hitting those big lists uh, to have a bigger uh, pool of sellers um, helps as well, for sure. Nice. So do you have to pay for the, that list from the county assessor's office? So we don't in our county. I know a lot of counties. Uh, I've, I know of some counties uh, where they do have to pay some sort of fee to have access to that. Yeah. Uh, so it just depends county by county how they track their records and how public their information is. Okay. And uh, basically you just have something set up that they send you like an email of uh, this list every week. I wish it was that easy. Uh, so I used to literally drive down to the courthouse every week um, and pull the list from their internal uh, uh, computers. Yeah. Uh, but now everything's online in our county. Um, so my assistant actually pulls it every week uh, from an online database. So it, it, it's time consuming, uh, really time consuming. But, you know, all your competitors don't want to spend that time. So you have less competition. So, you know, the harder it is to get something, yep. the less competition you're going to have with it. That's right. So why, why do you say it's time consuming? How long does it typically take to pull that whole list? So I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't done it in about a year now. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, for me, when I did it, it took like four or five hours to pull all the lists. Um, you can so see your... You can see your assistant's frustrated look on her face when she comes back into the office. It doesn't look good. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't take like weeks. It just takes a few hours, but you literally just got to go through all the information, which is the tedious part. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, cool. So after, so direct mail marketing is, seems to be like king, obviously. Um, do you hire a company to do that or do you keep that in house and you guys, how do you send out your letters? It varies. Uh, so sometimes we send postcards, uh, which we do through a third party. Um, I think we're using like click to mail.com right now. Um, and click then the click to mail.com. Click to mail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some of them we send like, uh, postcards, I mean, um, letters. Um, and then I, I have somebody in the office that like handwrites the envelopes as well. So, um, it varies, you know, each list gets, you know, four to eight touches over the next six to 18 months. Um, and the, the letters uh, alternate between a few different ones. So it's a system. We got a whole spreadsheet built out. What list goes to what letter on what date? Um, yeah. You know, it's just something we've built over time and there's no right or wrong answer to it. Like if you send the letter every four weeks instead of every eight weeks, you know, the, the key is that you stay consistent with your marketing. Um, the one thing from the day I started, I have never missed a week of marketing unless I was on vacation. Um, literally every single week, no matter what happens, no matter if I have the money or I don't have the money, marketing has gone out every single week, period. Wow. Yeah. That, see, that, that says a lot about your character right there and the persistence and that you're not going to stop, which is awesome. I really like that. For sure. I mean, it. it so marketing is a lagging uh, indicator. So if you skip marketing this week, your business is going to keep going fine for the next few weeks. But two, three, four, five weeks from now, you're going to have a down period and you're just going to be stalled. Like if, I know some people that like get too busy and just stop marketing for a month. Unless you have like thousands and thousands of leads that you can continuously follow up on for that month, you know, that'll screw your business pretty, pretty bad. Um, oh, of course. 
you won't, yeah. you won't have anything to do. Yeah, you're screwing up your whole future at the end of the day, which is <clears throat> kind of going backwards. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Cool. So, um, okay, so moving forward, um, I guess, like, building your team, I think that's pretty damn important and, you know, systemizing everything. So how do you keep track of all the direct mail marketing and, and follow up leads? Um, and then I guess after that we can jump into, you know, how you got to the point where you're all, you are today to build your team up. For sure. Um, so I mean, tracking the leads, it's all on a spreadsheet. Um, so we use Podio now for a CRM. So yeah. leads go into Podio and then it creates tasks for different people. Um, like my acquisitions person gets a task to follow up on it. My assistant gets a task to do like very light due diligence and then track it in the system. Um, but basically everything boils back down on the 15th of every month. I get a spreadsheet that I put together that tracks um, all calls, missed calls, return letters. Um, and basically we call it return letters and inquiries. Um, I don't know if that's how you pronounce the word. But <laughs> that's how I do it. No, it's good. So it gives us, it tells us like what lists are working, um, what postcards are working, what postcards are not working. Um, are we buying deals from an equity list? Are we buying deals from a divorce list? You know, what, what lists are we actually purchasing houses from? Um, which I think is extremely important. Like I, I just got the sheet a couple of days ago um, and you know, I, I stopped two campaigns entirely because um, there was months and months and months and months and months of nothing and just spending a lot of money. Um, so I cut those two campaigns and then I added in the new campaign The I literally just wired $11,000 this morning for it. Um, you know, trying something out, you know, that, that campaign may completely flop and fall on its head and I'm out 11 grand, but I know the next campaign will bring something in. So, um, I think KPIs are extremely important with marketing. You have to know where you're spending your money yeah. and where the leads are coming from. Cause if you, if you don't track it and you just think that, you know, I'm spending $2,000 a month on this campaign. You think that's the main campaign you have to keep going on, but you're spending $300 a month over here and all your deals are coming over here. You, I mean, you're wasting a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but without tracking that, without knowing that, without having a system to it, uh, you'll never know it and you'll keep wasting that money month after month after month. Mm, that's so true. <clears throat> so how did, how did you get to the point, like your first hire on, Mm -hmm. and and to where you're at now it sounds like you got a pretty big office full of uh a lot of diligent workers so um i guess i guess my question is you know like for somebody first starting out you know mm -hmm. when is the right time to start adding on people and yeah. and uh you know what what does that look like in general for sure uh so starting out i mean up to about a year year and a half ago you know it was just me um, I was doing everything top to bottom. I mean, literally working from, from eight to five, I'd work on everything, meet contractors, go to houses, do everything outside the office. And then from five to midnight, I'd do all the paperwork, I'd do all the lists, I'd send out all the marketing. Um, so, I mean, I was doing literally everything top to bottom, uh, which, was, which was fine. You know, I enjoyed it. I was doing the business. Um, that, was, that was my goal. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and one other huge thing, uh, you got to surround yourself with the right people. Um, you got to get in mentor groups. You got to surround yourself with other like-minded individuals. Yeah. And when I started doing that, they, they had a shift for me, you know, working harder is not always, you know, working smarter. Um, you can make a lot of money, and not work, uh, 80, 90, hundred hours a week. 
Um, so when I started meeting those people and getting those circles, you know, they were telling me, I, I mean, we were doing deals. I was making money, um, you know, at the very beginning until you start buying, you know, at least 10 houses a month, I mean, uh, a year or something. Um, or if you're wholesaling, you know, wholesaling three, five, seven houses a month, um, you really don't need any of it. You can do all that stuff on your, on your own. Yeah. Um, once you get to a level where you like literally can't get to things or you have a family that you want to spend time with in the evenings, um, then you got to bring somebody on. So for about a year uh, before I hired uh, uh, an assistant, people were telling me, you got to get an assistant, you got to get an assistant, you got to get an assistant. And I was like, man, I, I can't pay $25,000, $35,000 a year for an assistant. Like, I just don't have it in me. But the thing that you have to know that, you know, if, if you bring someone off for $30,000 a year, um, depending on the market, obviously, you're in. But if you bring someone on, if, if all they do is you don't have to work evenings and you have some time off, weekends off, you know, it's, it's 100% worth it. And the likelihood of them just doing that is like none. You know, they're going to free up your time. They're going to allow you to make more follow-up calls. Um, you know, they can even start doing the follow-up calls. So, like I said, the thing in real estate, you're talking about large numbers. So, if all they do the entire year is make get you one more deal where you make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on, they it, they pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, the, the biggest shift in the business thus far um, was when I brought an assistant on just over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it sucks training them at the beginning. You got to be there every day. You got to hold their hand. But I mean, once things get moving, I mean, it's 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 night and day how much more free time you have um so for me making that hire um believing that it was a good hire and a good um spend of money uh was the biggest thing that changed my business thus far Mm, i love it now and how many people do you have in the office now uh so in the office um it's her um hired an acquisitions girl about three months ago um, and was the acquisitions person, was, was she um, educated first or are all these people coming in for the most part, you're training them? Uh, so all of them I was training. Um, so, you know, you can teach uh, real estate, obviously. Um, you can teach sales, um, you know, as long as they have the right mindset um, that they want to grow and they're driven, um, they're willing to do whatever it takes. Like I've said many, many times. Um, you know, you can teach the rest of the things. So both of these people came in. Uh, I mean, they, they work, don't get me wrong, but they didn't work in real estate or sales. Um, so brought them in, put them through my acquisitions person, put them through a sales class. Um, you know, then they just followed me for a few weeks, listened to phone calls, went to meet with sellers. Um, and I mean, they're, they're almost to the point where they're, they're moving it without me um, entirely. So uh, again, it sucks to train. Um, you actually have to put in the time. I think that's where most people fail when they hire, um, is they hire and just say, here, go do this, and just leave it at that. Um, and the, the people that they hire are lost. Um, so actually putting in the time up front to train them and teach them and make them think like you uh, will save you a ton of time and a ton of headache uh, on the back end, for sure. Oh, I love it. That's good. And then, uh, sorry, I did cut you off before. What other uh, roles are in the office, I guess? Yeah, so those are the only two that are like truly in office um, every day. Um, So I went from basically I would GC houses, uh, which means I would hire every sub. I would hire the demo, the framing, the electric plumbing, the HVAC, which takes a ton of time. Um, And I was like, it's just not, not worth it anymore. So 
Um, I got uh, two general contractors and two builders um, that we run all of our projects through. Um, and we meet once a week on Tuesday uh, to go over everything. Um, besides that, like I'm, I'm basically hands off in construction. So I put them together with my realtor. Um, my realtor is my designer as well. Um, so them two kind of work together, pick out finishes, uh, layout designs, floor plans. Um, and again, we all meet on Tuesday um, in my office, go over everything, get all the answers figured out, make sure we're still on track, on budget. Um, they kind of handle everything from that point forward. So um, designer, realtor, project manager, they're not in-house, but you know, they're basically, I mean, they're my team, you know what I mean? Um, so it's, that's, it's the two in-house assistant acquisitions and then the, the contractors and my realtor. Yeah. Now, have you had issues with contractors in the past and how did, how did you get, you know, your, your team of individuals right now? Like, did you have to do a lot of screening and a lot of, uh, trial and error before you found these, these solid players? A hundred percent. Um, I mean, I think construction is the hardest part about this industry. Um, it's, I've been through hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of contractors, um, probably 100 or 200 general contractors, builders. Um, I've been in and out of hundreds of thousand dollars of lawsuits. Um, so it's, it's a headache, it's a pain, um, it's trial and error, you just gotta find the good ones. But the good thing with all that, um, if you have the right systems in place and the right paperwork in place, um, even though I've been in these lawsuits, I've fought with these contractors, you know, at the end of the day, I really haven't lost almost much money at all. Um, so again, you got to know what you're doing. We use paperwork, we use insurance agreements, draw schedules, scope of works, contractor agreements, um, late penalties, excuse me, um, a lot of things to keep. And, and the biggest thing, we never pay any money up front ever. Uh, I did one, I did twice and I've been in two lawsuits because of it. Uh, so that's the big thing. You never pay anybody up front and you pay them as work is completed. Um, and it's a win-win for everybody. So, uh, yeah, contractors are tough. At the end of the day, it's just trial and error. Um, you know, interview them ahead of time. Uh, talk to um, references. Meet their employees. Uh, once you think you have a good one, give them a whirl. Don't pay them any money up front. Um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it does, keep hold of them. <laughs> keep them busy. Yeah. Sure. For sure. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about raising money. Um, you know, I, I know we digged into it a little bit, but uh, on the first project at least, but um, $13 million, $13 million you have raised uh, in your young 20s to in just the last four years. So was it all the same exact strategy that that you uh, used on that first project? Just reaching out to all your connections and, and networking? So uh, basically, I mean, at the end of the day, it boils down to just asking. Um, so when I first started out, you know, I was, I was young. I thought I was asking people for this big favor. Hey, can you please lend me $200,000? Um, but, you know, once, once, that, once you really realize what you're offering to somebody, um, you're not asking. Like you're presenting them an opportunity that they literally can't get anywhere else in this world. So, you know, when I go to people now, um, I'm not coming from a place of fear and a place of doubt. Um, I know for a fact that I'm offering you the best thing that you can come across. Um, so I'm going to educate you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. If you don't want to do it, it's your loss at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so with that mindset, like <laughs> literally everybody I meet, <laughs> I ask them to lend me money. So just like contractors, it's a numbers game. 
Um, you can't can't be nervous. You can't be scared. Um, people say no. They say no, and keep being friends with them. You know, it doesn't change anything because at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is give them a better uh, retirement, a better life, a better income. Um, so you know, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a real estate investor, and I use other people's funds to fund my deals. And if they have any interest at all, what that means, they're like, well, what 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 do you mean you use other people's money? And then boom, you got them hooked, and you give them the pitch. You know, if they just blow it off, keep on with the conversation and they're not a private money lender. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, what, what it boils down to is the mindset shift. If you think about it, people with um, that can lend money in real estate that have the money to it, what are their other options? They're either have bank CDs and banks, which is horrible. They have the money sitting in the bank account, which is almost as, as bad. Or they have money in the stock market. Um, which is very uh, volatile as well. So yeah. let's go with CDs. You know, they're earning, I don't even know what it is nowadays. It's like half a percent or 1%. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so now the money's sitting in the bank account. It's basically the same thing. And then in the stock market, you know, most people earn 3 to 7% um, and it can fluctuate any year. And if the market crashes, you literally own a piece of paper that says, hey, you know, I own 100 stocks at Microsoft. You know, that can go down like overnight. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of risk with it as well. So once once you educate them, those are their other options, and now you're their their main option. And what I do for you, and this is what you tell them, you know, what I can do for you, um, you know, I can pay you eight, ten, twelve, fourteen percent interest, whatever you're comfortable with. So you can double, triple, or ten times what they're making already, and you have a first lien position on real estate, and you have a promissory note from the business and me personally, and you have a mortgage on the house. And you have title insurance and you have hazard insurance. So yeah. if they, let's say the house burns down. They get paid before you get paid. Let's say the market takes a dip. You know, you're already buying the house um, under value of what it could do. Great. Yeah. So any house that I own right now, I could put it on the market and make money on it tomorrow. Yep. So, you know, you're buying at a discounted rate. You're, let's say you're all in at 70% of what it's worth. Um, Worst case scenario for, and I tell them this, I say, look, they, they ask me, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? So the worst thing that could happen is I can disappear and never pay you, which will never happen. <laughs> but if it that's, does. That's the best thing that could happen because yeah. if anything, they get the property back. <laughs> you, you, you took the words out of my mouth. They, they, the instead of making their five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in interest, they make my forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in profit. Plus they're in. Yeah. The worst so, thing that happens is you make more money. Yeah, the worst case scenario is that I pay you back and you get, you know, only eight to fourteen percent interest. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it it makes so much sense. When when how you explained it, you know, with stocks, it does go up and down. This year has been uh, very good for stocks. You know, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people brag about that uh, cool. that you know love the whole stock community, but at the same time. It is, you know, that's not going to last forever. Sure. And, and then at the end of the day, you could have just that piece of paper that, you know, I, I own all this, but if it's not worth anything and you're also putting your, your investment, your fate into somebody else's hands, you know, like a CEO, if they get caught cheating or uh, yep. doing something scandalous, whatever it may be, then, yep. you know, within hours, that stock could just plummet. For sure. Overnight. You know, Real estate's all on our side, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we, we always have that, 
A, B, C backup plan um, yep. that, that we can adjust it and make it work. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's the most secure investment that I've, I've personally found it and, uh, and enjoy. So I love it. It's a real asset. Like it's, there's yeah. only so much land in this world, you know, lands, uh, the less there is, the higher the price goes. So, I mean, price, there's going to be a little bit of this in real estate, but I mean, overall, if you look at it, it'll just be a slight up for now until whenever. Yeah. So no, of course, there's always going to be the ups and downs. That's what markets are about. But at the end of the day, over the long period of time, over a hundred year period, it's always going to go up tremendously. For sure. Um, awesome. And uh, something that I, I like to do as well is put um, secure the, the private money lender with assignments of rent, um, yeah. just in case if, you know, I didn't pay because all mine, I turn into uh, rentals after I refinance mm-hmm. <clears throat> or before I refinance, after I remodel it, I, I rent it out. I do that whole burst strategy. Yep. Um, very cool. So uh, mm-hmm. moving forward, like what, Couple, couple, few takeaways on the on the private lending. Um, so I mean, the number one is just asking people for it. Number two is educating yourself. So when they ask you a question like, "Well, what if you don't pay?" Now you have a follow up answer to that. People aren't going to loan you money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, if you can't answer their questions. Yeah. So you have to be very knowledgeable of it, um, and also creating like a credibility packet. So I have a packet, I think it's, I don't know, like 20 pages or something, um, just explaining who I am, you know, how I run my business, what it, private money lending is, what the benefits, and down, I, I mean, I tell them the downfalls of private money lending. Um, and then a FAQ, a frequently asked question sheet. Um, so, you know, when I meet with somebody, I leave that as a lead behind. Um, you know, that led, they're like, wow, this guy's really professional. He's got a full printed out packet here. Um, it answers all of our questions. Um, so that gets you over a lot of hurdles as well. Um, and the biggest thing is just changing the mindset. We're not asking for a favor to presenting them with the best opportunity they have anywhere else in this world. So them not taking it is their loss at the end of the day. And once, once you, again, if you're looking up at someone, that, who, who, someone told me like, if you're in the water drowning, asking somebody for something, you know, you say it with a different tone and you ask differently. Um, and people can feel that and be like, he needs something. And, you know, when, people, when someone needs something, you don't want to help them. Uh, not, not, not help them, but, like, you just feel like there's a little more risk involved. But if you know deep in your heart that you're up here saying, look, this is the best thing out here. Um, I know I'm going to do what I tell you I'm going to do. It's the, the, you have a secured investment. When you're asking from that point of view, uh, people are like, wow, he really knows what he's talking about. I trust him. Um, so really having that mindset shift, um, along with all those other things, being educated, having credibility, uh, you don't even have to have credibility. You just have to have a packet. You know, if you've never done a deal, put the packet together, say, Hey, this is what a deal would look like if I did one. Um, so all those things combined uh, and then asking the question, Hey, you want to lend me money? Do you want to lend me money? Do you want to lend me money? Um, it's a numbers game. That's all it is. Of course. I really love the the packet that you kind of create and like a little flyer with frequently asked questions on there because at the end of the day, like it, you're going above and beyond for them and you're also, you're, you're doing all the hard work for them. So it's all in their favor. For sure. like, you know, you make it a no brainer, uh, sure. which is awesome. I, I tell people it's literally as easy as clicking send on a wire 
And yeah. then three, six, nine months later, getting a wire back in return. That's it. I do everything else. I love it. Cool. So what is uh what does your future look like, brother? I'm I'm very uh intrigued by this. I mean, just in the last can can you go over the numbers again? You know, the first year, how many projects, second year, third year? Yeah, so the first year was the one, obviously. Finally got that one. Um second year I think was like seven. Um third year I think was like twenty two or something like that. Um and this year the board's sitting in my office, but I mean I think we bought 30 maybe 40 houses so far this year yeah um, i love it man you are building some momentum i, I really love it <laughs> good for you brother so what what does your future look like moving forward uh yeah so i mean we've we've got about about the past year um, we started no, doing new construction new development um so we've got some single family houses being built already built and sold some have some others under construction um, we're in permitting for some uh bigger like building apartment complexes um, and then building some condo um, complexes that we'd sell uh, once they're built. Um, so, you know, just figuring out my, my goal is like, I want to figure out how I can do when I started, I was like, I want to flip a hundred houses a year. I don't ever want to flip a hundred houses a year. That's a lot of flipping houses. It's a lot of movement. It's a lot of motion. I want to figure out how I can flip 10 and make the same amount as the guy flipping a hundred. So I want to find the deals where you're making, 100 grand, 200 grand, 300 grand on one deal, a million dollars on one deal. Um, so for me, it's just figuring out how to, how to work smarter and not, not necessarily harder. Yeah. Do you, do you see yourself kind of building up a bigger team and then uh, really working less so you can just kind of um, even have like, you know, somebody kind of taking your place and just managing and looking over everybody else? For sure. Uh, so my mentor now, which is different than uh, Fortune Builders, um, I mean, that's basically how his team's ran. I think he has like six or seven people in the office and that has a COO that works basically his position. And now he's the CEO um, running the company uh, from, from a very high level. Um, so for me, that, that's my goal. You know, I don't want to have 20, 30 people in the office. Um, that's just a lot of headaches. Um, you know, I may plug in one, two, three more people, um, and then hire somebody, uh, kind of to take my place. Um, and that's, that's definitely the goal for the future is to, to slowly remove yourself, um, as much as possible from the business. But with that, you have to make sure you have the right people and the right systems in place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you get one negative mindset, it, it's pretty much like cancer coming into the business. So sure. it's very important to, uh, take that whole strategy of like hire slow fire fast absolutely Absolutely. <laughs> yeah cool so uh what would you recommend to to somebody just getting started um interested and, and you know they they have they have that work ethic mentality they're they're grinders just like you and um but they just don't know where to get started or, or whatever it may be you know what would you recommend them yeah, uh, so I think the, the biggest thing in starting real estate um, is just doing the work. Um, you know, you can never get around just actually doing the work. Um, so for me, it'd be actually sending out the marketing. Uh, people say I don't have, excuse me, I don't have the money for it. Uh, I literally spent like $200 a week for the 16 months in marketing. So, I mean, if, if you got to stop, I, I ate Raymond noodles and I ate the dollar uh, menu at Wendy's that entire time. 
So not having the money is the biggest excuse I've ever heard of. You gotta get a third shift. I remember driving home from ballet one time. I worked so freaking much. I literally fell asleep at the wheel and ran up on the curb and that's what woke me up. So whatever you have to do to get that extra money, you don't have to spend $10,000 a month in marketing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can save up two, three, four, five hundred dollars you know, that, that'll get you started and it might take you six, seven, eight, nine months to get a deal. But once that first deal hits, use that money, reinvest it, spend one, two, three thousand dollars a month, and then you'll start snowballing. Um, so for me, the, the biggest takeaway is to just do the work and get the marketing out. Um, without marketing, you can find deals without marketing. You can find deals on the MLS. You can find deals on Craigslist. Yeah. Those are so far and few between. The quickest and easiest and most profitable way to find deals is to market for them yourself. That's right. I like that. I don't think we actually uh, talked about it for a second, so I kind of want to go back before we end this up. But um, as far as like uh, the leads after you put out the marketing material, mm -hmm. um, do you have like a call center or how do you how do you kind of run that? Yeah. Uh, so until uh, I hired acquisitions. Um, we had uh, it's called pat live um it's like an yeah. online uh, live answer call center yep um so we had to go there and you know they'd ask like five or ten real basic questions um you know name number address why do you want to sell price and cool we'll call you back in 24 hours um so when i was working i actually started off with two cell phones um but i was working so much i couldn't actually answer the cell phone so then i switched it to pat live so then they answered it live um, and then they emailed me the answers and the lead. And then I'd follow up on my lunch break, uh, on my way to school, you know, anytime I could find a minute to pick up the phone and call somebody. Um, so if, if you're busy out there doing things to keep life going and keep bills paid, you know, I, I, they're not even, I think it's like $100, $200 a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, so hire them, take the calls, and then follow up on them after that. Uh, but now my acquisitions girl has a cell phone. Um, I mean, that's her entire job is to do acquisitions. So she answers 90% of the calls live. And then after that, um, they go to voicemail as well. So you can, you can have someone answer them live, like that live, or you can create a voicemail um, and have people leave voicemails. Either way, you're going to lose people because some people will talk to Pat live and they'll know that they don't know what they're talking about and they'll hang up the phone. And then some people will call the voicemail and not want to leave a voicemail and hang up the phone. So, um, you know, life isn't perfect. Nothing's perfect. Choose one, go with it, and, and make it work from there. Yeah, I, I have a, a direct mail marketing campaign out here in San Diego, and I have a bunch of people that just call them and hang up. Yep. <laughs> I'm calling them back. I'm like, I, thought, I was just, I said, you call them back? People are like, no, they didn't leave a message. They don't want to sell. <laughs> Let me call them. <laughs> Give me the phone. <laughs> Yeah, so we call everything. Miss yeah. calls, voicemails, no voicemails. We call literally everything back. Every lead that comes in, we call back. That's right. Cool. All right, brother. Well, uh, I mean, I appreciate you tremendously. You got a ton of value, great content, and, man, you are crushing it. I really love that. No, I appreciate you having me on, man. This, is, this has been an honor. Uh, it's been awesome for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been good. Cool. So how can people uh, reach out to you and find you? Yeah, so I'm on uh, Facebook, Austin Rutherford, uh, on Instagram, Austin.WrightPG, R-I-G-H-T, P as in Paul, G as in George. 
Um, and then I also have a um, quick uh, small education program. Uh, if you go to flippingtherightway.com, flippingtherightway.com, um, you can sign up there as well to, to follow me. Very cool. Awesome. Cool. So you guys can always follow me at brandonelliotinvestments.com, anywhere on social media, Brandon Elliott Investments as well. And um, yeah, if you guys have any questions or interested in real estate investing, uh, how to get started, whatever it may be, um, reach out to either of us. I definitely love to, you know, uh, make it a win-win situation and be able to get people interested in real estate investing. You know, that's why we are so passionate about it. It, you know, what it's done for us and our family has been tremendous. So we definitely want to put that content out there and get uh, more people interested and uh, and get them geared up and taking action in real estate. So. Uh, do me a favor. If you guys found value in this, please share this out, get more people interested in it, go on iTunes, leave a review and subscribe. And I want to do, uh, I want to make it a no brainer and send you guys a free copy of my book action driven. And, uh, this will, this has had, uh, dozens and dozens of breakthroughs with tremendous, you know, a lot of people all around. So I definitely want to give that to you guys for free. Just do me the favor by sharing the content. Um, leaving a review on iTunes, which just helps get more people uh, to, to understand that this is good content and get them, you know, get it in front of more eyes. So uh, with that being said, we appreciate you guys so much for staying tuned and listening all the way to the end. Um, yeah. Awesome. You're the man, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks guys. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Till next time, guys. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.